T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Redskins Final on the Team 980. Here are your hosts, Scott Jackson and Fred Smoot. All right, uh, Scott Jackson and Kendrick Golston with us tonight as we get ready for, uh, well... Another loss to talk about. Kedger going 5, 33-7, the final. Um, here's the good news. The Nats playing a playoff game in game three in about an hour and 15 minutes from now. Ray Knight's going to be on the show in about eight to 10 minutes from now. So we're going to talk to Ray Knight about the Nats. Then we'll get to phone calls on the Redskins. But 0-5, uh, just your thoughts on where this team is. I don't think anybody had any real high hopes against the Patriots this week, but kind of the, the whole of where the Redskins are right now. I don't believe anybody thought that um, you were going to get right against the Patriots, but looking sure. at it from from game one, I think everybody's disappointed and frustrated. Um, not not obviously you would expect at least one two games, at least one at this point, but we thought that you know this team was going to be dominant on defense and was going to be able to run the ball, and um, we haven't been able to run the ball all year, and um, our defense has not played up to the form in which we believe we have the talent to or the consistency uh, play in, play out, half in, half out. And so I think at least you thought you had a, a solid defense and you were going right. to be able to run the ball and you don't. And so that's frustrating as a fan base and as an organization because the two things you booked is, hey, we got this, hasn't hasn't held up its end. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know what's going to happen from here. You know, a lot of people asking questions, obviously, have been for a few weeks, whether or not they're going to continue to stay the course with this coach and uh, – you know, he had to answer that question afterwards, made the joke about if his key card still worked on Monday. But here's the tough thing. I mean, whoever you throw in there, I mean, you talk about like you basically have, what, three real days of preparation for if you put somebody else in charge. Obviously, it'd be someone in your staff. They're not going to bring anybody from the outside. But that's kind of a tough thing to do. You would think maybe if you're going to do an in-season situation, you wait till a bye week or you had a Thursday night game or something like that. It just seems to be kind of a quick turnaround for a game that you, you might have a chance to actually win. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, and, and to that, I mean, obviously the buck stops at, at Coach Gruden, um, mm-hmm. but those guys are on the staff now. I mean, and is he just not listening to them? I mean, right, I believe right. he's hired people that he, he values their opinion. And so um, has the players tuned out Coach Gruden? Well, that's not just on Coach Gruden. That's on the players as well to be accountable to what their coaches are asking them to do. I, I know and believe that they do have good coaching um, and, and, and and it's just up to are they executing, are they coming out like Coach Gruden said in his press conference with the right mindset. And that's not only uh, as a team, but that's really looking at the individual and say, hey, what am I doing wrong? What can right. I do to fix this situation? 
All right. Um, I'll tell you what. We're gonna uh, we're gonna step away from the Redskin stuff. We're gonna try to make people happy. We got uh, Ray Knight uh, coming on with us. We're gonna talk to Ray about the uh, Nats game coming up shortly. The Nats game three tonight. Series knotted up at a game apiece. Ray Knight coming up on the other side on Redskins final. Scott Nats game coming up shortly. The Nats game three tonight. Series knotted up at a game apiece. Ray Knight coming up on the other side on Redskins final. Scott Jackson, Kedrick Golston in tonight here on the Team 980 at 95.9 FM. On the, the Team 98, your host, Scott Jackson. All right, uh, tonight, Catcher Golston's with us. Today's Redskins-Patriot game on Team 980 and 95.9 FM was presented by New Look Home Design. Get a new roof installed before winter and pay nothing for one year. Learn more at newlookhomedesign.com. That's spelled N-U. All right, our pleasure right now to shift gears, talk Nats. Big one tonight, Game 3, after that wild Game 4 went out in Los Angeles on Friday. Nats come home even. They've got Anibal Sanchez on the mound tonight, and Ray Knight's good enough to give us some time. How you doing tonight, Ray? Uh, doing great. Just anticipating this game and looking forward to uh, watching Anibal pitch. Yeah, what, what are your thoughts on Anibal getting getting the ball here and then giving the extra day to Max Scherzer? Um, do you like that decision by Davey Martinez? I absolutely do. I mean, this guy was as good as anybody uh, this season. After that first six, seven starts, and he got everything righted after he got hurt in Atlanta, um, he's a pitcher. He's a guy that very difficult to put the bat on the ball squarely. And uh, he has five pitches. He locates exceptionally well, um, changes those pitches um, Changes speeds of his pitches as well as anybody in the league. Uh, Raul is, is similar, has a better fastball, but both of those guys have five pitches. And uh, I've always liked Anibal, and I have really enjoyed watching him pitch this year. He's a true pitcher and the kind of pitcher that wore me out. Uh, <laughs> change pitches, you know, moving the ball in and out, up and down uh, into quadrants, and then changing speeds on two or three of those pitches, very difficult to get the ball square. Yeah, he, he, you're right. I mean, he, he went on the injured list early in the season, and then after that, he came out, and he was like a different person. Uh, and he was, and that was obviously for the better and overall had a really good season. And at some point, they were going to need to pitch him. Uh, so they get him at home tonight. And again, 11-8, and 3.85 ERA on the season uh, for the right-hander. And again, 13-year vet's been through, uh, been through some battles uh, in his career. So you got to like what he brings to the table tonight. How deep would you like to see him go tonight for the Nats? I'd like to see him go six innings, and, and he's certainly capable of doing that. Uh, the last outing that he pitched against the Dodgers was, uh, I believe it was home, but I know it was uh, in July, late July, and uh, he went six or seven, I believe seven. Yeah, you're right. He did go seven. And yep. only, he went seven and yes, gave up like three hits and one run and uh, really dominated them. Um uh, I remember he had a, a rough work, first thing getting the ball where he wanted to and threw 20-something pitches or more. But, man, uh, he was nailed in, in that ball game. And, and one of the best pitch games we've had against the Dodgers had them off balance. Uh, they didn't hit very many balls hard. So, um, you know, I, I believe that's one of the reasons why Davey decides to come back with him because he has that experience and that success against the ball club. And then that sets you up to where – Okay, do you want to go with uh, with Scherzer um, on his day, which would be tomorrow? Uh, today would have been his day, actually, but 
somebody said that he didn't feel really comfortable coming off of that relief outing throwing. So, you know, that would push him back to tomorrow normally. And then that would give you Strauss. Uh, but now you have Corbin sitting there, who we thought would be the Dodger stopper because of the left-handed uh, negating of the Dodger bat. So I think it sets us up really well if uh, Sanchez can go tonight and do what he did or something close to what he did last outing because now that gives you three starting pitchers with two games, and then that then gives Davey the flexibility to use Corbin in relief if he wants to or flip-flop and use a guy here or there because we are one guy short in the bullpen other than Doolittle and Hudson. We just are not sure what we're going to get from out there. Well, how you doing, Ryan? With uh, with that being said, hopefully Adderball can go six or seven innings. But do you think uh, Strasburg is can come out of the, come out of the pen tonight and give us maybe 15, 20 pitches, you know, and just see what he's got? He probably could. I, I think they're going to try to stay away from him, though. Um, you know, I I hey, with him bringing Scherzer in the other night, I think <laughs> there's anything possible. Uh, and I think that they've just thrown everything out the window as far as the bullpen, and they're just going to go situational. And if it comes to a, a point in the ball game where it means the game, or, or you're in that change of game scenario, then I wouldn't be surprised to see Strauss. Uh, I do believe that their plan is to hope that they can get, you know, six innings from on a ball, and then be able to get um, get some runs offensively and then use Strauss uh, in a situation where he starts that fifth game. But if he's not, if they're not planning on starting him the fifth game and they're leaning on Corbin to go back to, if we have the fifth game, to go back to Dodger Stadium and to match up against those left-handers, then absolutely Strauss would be available tonight. We're talking to uh, Ray Knight here on uh, Redskins Final. Scott Jackson, Kendrick Golston here tonight uh, on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. Uh, Ray, the, the game the other night, I want to go back to that because that was thrilling. I mean, Strasburg was so dominant, um, and they got him the early offense. And, you know, we're able to get a little late offense with his dribble Cabrera we're driving in a really key run because they needed those runs in the end because obviously the bullpen, you know, Sean Doolittle gave up the home run. But, Overall, uh, just the fight this team showed after really, you know, getting dominated the night before themselves by Walker Bueller was was a, was a nice thing to see. No question, no question. And uh, you know, swing the bats, we could have tacked on some more runs, but that game's all about Strauss, you know. Uh, and you know, in driving in key runs, getting those runs early, no no doubt about it. But uh, but Strauss, he he could not have been any better, and that that shows you. Uh, on a national stage, what Strauss has done. He did it against the Cubs two years ago. Uh, he did it in our our, uh, our play-in game. And, and then once again, he goes out there and, and just pitches uh, as well as you can possibly pitch. Uh, th- those first three, four innings, uh, he was almost flawless with that mm-hmm. curveball, the fastball, the changeup, locating it in and out, elevating, uh, being able to throw the back to a breaking ball. So, you know, we know what he is, and, and uh, I had just heard earlier today somebody on the Cardinal game talking about um, how good our four starting pitchers are 
and how Strasburg may be the top of the heat. Yeah, it, it really feels like, you know, and look, it was great. Max was so good at the, out of the pen the other night, you know, and I know, you know, he was probably still kicking himself a little bit for the, the Milwaukee game, but, you know, he was able to keep him in it after the, you know, a couple giving up a couple homers there early, but he was so dominant coming out of the pen. And, uh, you know, Strasburg, it does kind of feel like he's inched as the guy now, right, on this staff, and that's that's kind of crazy to think when you, when you think of uh, Max Scherzer being on this pitching staff. Well, anytime there's a Max Scherzer on your staff, you generally are going to have to take a second billing. And, and that has been pretty much what has happened with Strauss. But uh, at, at this point in time, Strauss has reached the point to where uh, he's as good as you can be. He goes out there every outing and gives you a chance to win. So uh, when I think of those two, I think of two co-number ones. Uh, you know, and for me, uh, it's flip a coin. I, I don't care which one you start. Uh, I like them both equally, and uh, and they just they get through the league, they mow through the league, they they pitch, and not in just games that are you know that they win five four, they they win games those low scoring games where they give up three four five hits, punch out ten, give up one two runs, and, and go seven six seven innings. So uh, they are dominant starters, and if you were to go through the general managers in all of baseball. Certainly in the National League, those guys' names would come up in the top five in any situation, I believe, naming the best starters in the league. All right, final things for uh, Ray Knight's with us here on the uh, Team 980 95.9 FM. All right, uh, Victor Robles tweaked his hamstring in game two, so Michael A. Taylor gets the start in center tonight. Uh, we know how good Michael is in the outfield. Uh, shouldn't lose a lot there. Uh, he actually may be gaining something, but – it is tough, though, the bat. I mean, Robles, even though his batting average is always high, seemed to be very clutch this year. And, and obviously, Michael A. was in, in the middle of a swing change this season. What do you expect to see from Michael A. tonight at the bottom of that order? I've always liked him, and he's just been really inconsistent. He can hit the fastball. The breaking balls and changeups have given him trouble. But uh, I've watched him real closely. I was in Washington for the last four ball games, and then the last, um, obviously, the uh, wild card game, and he swings the bat exceptionally well. Uh, he gives you a guy that is very similar uh, to Robles, stealing bases, certainly the same type defensive player. Uh, and, you know, he can run into one. I mean, this guy has yeah. a lot of pop. Uh, you know, I think he lost his confidence, but he's hitting eight, and down there, you know, just play defense, make the plays, throw somebody out, and then whatever you get from hitting eight, and down there, you know, just play defense, make the plays, throw somebody out, and then whatever you get from him offensively is a big plus. But uh, I, I like him. I've always liked him as a player. And, uh, you know, he could be a guy that, that delivers big for us. I mean, we've we've also added to the lineup tonight, Dozier yeah. is playing at second base. And, uh, and, and then you've got Kendrick at, at first. So you've got a right-handed, pretty much right-handed lineup with what? Turner's hitting first, I know, and then Eaton on second, and Rendon and Soto. So Eaton and Soto, the two left-handers in the order, and then once again, uh, you got Suzuki catching. So uh, you've got good right-handed bats in there, and hopefully we can do something that most of the league hasn't done this year, and that's to get to Raul, who has yeah. five pitches and throws them all different speeds. Yeah, Ryu has had a terrific season. You know, the 29 starts is 2-3-2 ERA, and again, 14-5 on the year. He has been 
He's been pretty awesome, yeah. needless to say. So uh, see if the Nats can get to him and maybe get to that bullpen uh, tonight, get to the Dodgers, and at least if nothing else, run up his pitch count early, uh, you'd like to think. So should be a good one tonight, Ray. Obviously, uh, you know, they got, they got Scherzer in their back pocket for game four, whether that's a, a stay-alive game or an elimination game. That's a pretty good position to be in. It's a great position to be in. Be at home one and one with uh, two of the next three games at home. Uh, you know, take one of those uh, or, hey, shut them down. Win both of them. Uh, let's move on to whomever comes out of that Cardinal Braves deal. But yeah. uh, we're in a good slot. We're in a good spot. I mean, gosh, you look back uh, a month and a half ago and, and you're just playing your tails off to try to get to the playoffs. And here we are in the midst of them. Uh, 1-1 against what people are saying the best team in the National League, uh, but we're out to prove that they're not. All right. Hey, great stuff, Ray. Thanks, as always. Good talking to you, and we'll, uh, we'll be talking to you again soon. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you, Scotty. All right, Bye-bye. take care. There he is, Ray Knight, with us here on uh, the Team 980 and 95.9 uh, FM, uh, talking Nats and the Dodgers tonight. 745 first pitch from Nats Park. Keep you updated on what's going on there while we're on the air here. Uh, by the way, Cardinals won nothing over the Braves head to the bottom of the ninth, or in the bottom of the ninth, excuse me, uh, with the Cardinals with a couple of runners on right now with no outs. So the uh, Cardinals, you know, got the split in Atlanta trying to get the advantage uh, with the win tonight at home. Now, I would – are you you are a Braves fan, right? I, I tomahawk <laughs> chalk back. I tomahawk <laughs> chalk back in my day. I'd be, I'd be alive if yeah. I said I, I didn't. But right. um, obviously being up here as long as I have, you yeah. know, I root for the for the national. Well, I mean, just being a Georgia there. guy, I figured, you know, you have to be a Braves fan well, as 13 well. 13 pennants in a row, yeah. you know. But we, yeah. do, we did all right. Old Bobby Cox, yeah. you know. He's, yeah. he's a good manager. They did, They had some great years. They've had uh, issues in the postseason, as we know, though. I mean, as great as they've been, the postseason has always been very kind to them. All right. Um and, hey, that's coming from a Nats fan who's had no success <laughs> in the postseason, okay? But the Braves, I mean, to be there that many years and just, you know, had one World Series, which is great, but you're like, damn, they should have had so many more. All right, uh, we'll get to calls here. Redskins final uh, today, the Patriots game. Look, I, I don't know if anybody thought the Redskins were going to be the Patriots today. Uh, they got off to a pretty good start. Defense hung in there for about a half. Uh, then the Patriots kind of imposed their will, as we like to say, as the game went on. 33-7, the final. Um, 3-0-1, 2-3-0, 0-9-80. Uh, get to phone calls uh, if you want to get in with us. Let's get to uh, Mark. Thanks for waiting in Maryland. What's happening? Guys, it's always a pleasure, despite that. I, I, like I said before, if there's one thing I can say, this team this team stinks like the high heaven year after year after year, but but I always will love the station's pre, the pre and post-game show. That's one one thing I can hang my hat on. And thank God thank for, 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 the, for the Nets. Thank God I have something something to look forward to. Um, um, guys, I don't want y'all to think I'm crazy or insane. I'm a lifelong Redskins fan. I'm 48 years old. I've been a fan for 39 years. And at this point, a lot of these games now, like even after the first half, I just can't watch them anymore. You know, even today, I knew I knew they would start folding. And my my overall perspective on, on, on of, of the of the of the rest of this season, I mean, I know you guys will probably probably laugh or smirk at me okay. after I say this. Okay. Here's what I think they. I really, really, I never never thought I would say this about about my, about my about my team because I love them. I've loved them for all these years, except for these last twenty plus years. Okay. Here's here's the plan. I think they should lose the rest of their games. Go zero sixteen. Get the best draft pick you can 
whether it be with, for any position, number mm-hmm. one. Fire Gruden ASAP. Fire Bruce Allen ASAP. Get a competent head coach with a successful track record, say like Mike McCarthy, which they probably won't do, but that's who I would probably try to hire. Mm-hmm. And then second, Get 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 the best get the best GM you can. Also with 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 a proven track record, do a whole reset of of after the season and get some competent people that know football beginning and end of discussion. So we can do a reset and 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 hopefully things within two years or sooner can can get can get this get this mess turned around. You know, I mean, you got to do something. Yeah, I think I there, mean, there, there's going to be some. Thanks for call, Mark. There's going to be some form of change. I just don't know how drastic it's going to be. I, I just listen, and then people go, "Well, how can you, you know, fire the coaching staff? You're not going to make a front office change." I just don't get the impression from watching what I'm watching that that's going to happen. Now, maybe, maybe I'll be surprised, and it does. But I, I don't feel like it. There seems to be the urgency for Bruce Allen as there is for Jay Gruden right now. It's hard to say. I mean, you, you think about drafting a rookie quarterback in Haskins, you would think you would give the, the coach that drafts them uh, the time to develop them. Um, but that being said, it doesn't seem like everybody's on the same page as far as that's concerned. And as far as getting a proven and established head coach, well, the only one that hasn't been fired yet is Belichick. And I don't think he's yeah. leaving New England. And so – um, McCartney, he he got fired with Aaron Rodgers. And yeah. so the fact of the matter is, is you need to figure out and find the right coach for the type of team you want to have, the type of organization you want to have, and let him pick the players that he wants to have because that's really what it all boils down to. It's not about getting somebody that was established someplace else because we've had those coaches here yeah. and, and it hasn't worked out. And so it really takes a whole organization to win a championship and consistently win week in and week out. And so it's not about picking somebody else's fruit, but growing your own. Yeah, and it's listen, whoever they bring in or whenever this happens, however this goes down, and if there is not a, a change in, in front office, um, you know, I think Dwayne Haskins is going to be the quarterback for whoever that coach is if they make a coaching change. And they're going to they're gonna find somebody who has a belief system in the guy, number one, or feels like they can work with him. And that's the way it's going to have to be. And they took a took a uh, you know first round pick on the guy, and that's why I'd like to see him play this year. I mean, I know people say, well, you know, he's not ready, this or that or the other. Well, maybe get him ready, and at some point you got to see him on the field and find out what you have because really what they're doing right now. I mean, I don't. It's not going to turn the season around with this offense. It's been getting worse each week since that first half in Philadelphia. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eight. Rambo is in Tennessee. What's happening? Yeah, man. What's up, man? Hey, How you doing? Good. How you doing, man? Hey, what like the last caller said, I'm like a long, lifelong fan, super lifelong fan, 42 years old, man. This ain't Redskins football we're watching, and I'm not even excited. Like, it's already – the season's, like, already over already, man. I'm I'm mad. Like, I'm already looking forward to the postgame show next week to start being more pissed off because <laughs> I don't like what I see. It's, like, the only thing to be cheerful about. And another thing, like, Haskins – what does this say about Haskins? Because all around the league, all these rookie quarterbacks and these quarterbacks are coming in off the bench with no reps and they're looking good and, like, they're balling out of control. And, like, we're we're getting Colt McCoy ready? He's our backup. What are you getting him reps for? And why are you working him into the offense? We should be doing that with Haskins because we, the season's over. So what, I'm not sure he's even that good of a quarterback. He's got a big attitude, but I ain't seen nothing. I mean, that's just my take on it. 
All right, thanks for the call. I'll I'll let, take his it. track yeah. record hasn't proven to be anything more than a backup. I, I would give you that. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Listen, they think he's the best option. If this was rolling out of training camp, I think we'd all be like, okay, that's fine. You know, so be it. But now you're in week six coming up. And you're like, eh, season's, you know, 0-5. The odds of the, you coming back is like none. I mean, I, none. we can sit up here and act as if um, we all expected Colt to come out and win that starting job out of camp. Obviously, with his injury, he wasn't healthy. Um, like you talked about earlier, it's kind of like starting the season over. Like this was game one as far as Colt is concerned. Yeah. And, you know, Colt, you know, it's football. Best available, uh, best ability is availability, and, and he's been injured. And when he's gotten his opportunities, it's unfortunate because, you know, he's a he's a pro's pro. He works hard. He's he's all those type of things. Um, I just don't think you should judge Colt through the through the through the lens of what Haskins, what you should do with Haskins, because there's no doubt in my mind that right now Colt gives you the best chance to win. And if Keenum's healthy, he gives you another chance to win. And Haskins, it's not an indictment on him. It's just that. You know, he had the games at Ohio State. He's still young in his development as a quarterback, which should be a positive thing because that means his ceiling is so much higher to grow. Yeah, and listen, you want to roll another few more weeks of Colt, but I, I do think there's going to be a point in the season where you got to say, you know what, you know, sure, we'd like to win, but we'd also need to get this guy ready for the future, right? And we need to know or have a better feeling going into the next season what he can do. And if you just, you know, I know the plan in the beginning of the season was, hey, it'd be great if we never had a play and all that stuff. That's fine. You have one plan, and obviously now you are where you are. You're at 0-5. And, you know, you can, we can all go through all the circumstances that help them get here. But whatever it is, they're here, and, and they need to start thinking ahead. All right. Um, want to, by the way, thank Mama Lucia's in Silver Spring for delicious pizza and pasta. They delivered to the game day crew. Six locations in Maryland. Uh, Mama Lucia, the perfect answer for today's tailgate at home. And don't forget tomorrow, which is Monday, is pasta night. And Tuesday's pizza night at Mama's. Visit them at MamaLuciaRestaurants.com. All right, we're going to take a timeout. We'll come back, get to calls if you're on the line, 301-230-0980. I do see the Twitters. I have not had a chance to get to the tweets. We'll do that as well. Uh, Kedrick Golston's with us tonight. Scott Jackson, it's Redskin Final here on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. Corner of the end zone, intercepted! It's intercepted by Monte Nicholson. Bad pass by Brady. Put it up looking for the running back, and Monte Nicholson was all over that one. This is Redskins Final on the Team 980. Here's your host, Scott Jackson. All right, welcome back to Redskins Final after the 33-7 loss to the Patriots today. Yeah, there was some hope for a while. I mean, the Monte Nicholson play was huge. It came after a fumble from Tw- Trey Quinn. And uh, he thought, okay, there you go. They weathered the storm there, and then boom, um, the Redskins unable to uh, do much with it after that. But kind of a day it was uh, for the Redskins as they lose 33-7. to And I believe the stat I saw, Kedrick, was after the touchdown, they went like their possessions were 10 punts, a fumble, and an interception. Yeah, it was – I know, mean, whew. the second half of that game – Or nine punts and an interception, um, there you go. Anytime something good would happen, it would be a hands to the face, right, and offsides, right. or a sack. So it, it, when you watch that the drive chart and you look at how the how the, the plays went out, you know it. You know they were always in negative down and distances. Second and twenty one, second and you know fourteen or fifteen or whatever it is. And so you can't ever get into a rhythm as, from an offensive standpoint. You know you want to talk about mm-hmm. running the ball more where well, you can't yeah. when you're behind the chain, so on and so forth. And from that standpoint, it's, it's hard enough to get a first down when it's 10 yards, not, a, not alone 20 yards. And in order to beat the Patriots, 
we knew we would have to play a flawless game, a flawless game, to have an opportunity to beat them. And we did that okay the first half. We capitalized, made a couple turnovers, got after the Brady with a four and three man rush. But that being said, uh, they came out and exposed our weaknesses in the second half. You look at that that first touchdown in the second half where they saw an outside linebacker, man to man coverage on a, on a running back on a wheel route, and he hit it. You know, you run that coverage every single week, but most quarterbacks don't expose it because they're not looking to that side of the field. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, because again, I think the defense did some better things today. At one point, uh, I believe the Patriots were three for nine on third down. Uh, the Redskins were like one for 11, though. Again, you know, complimentary football. Last year is funny because I think you did one of the shows this last year. People weren't excited when they were winning, you know, <laughs> winning with Alex Smith, and it wasn't pretty, and they're punting, and they were, you know, they're grinding it out. They weren't scoring enough. And I said to people, don't ever, ever get to the point where you can't appreciate ugly, per se, wins. You know what I mean? Because – you don't know what's around the corner. And, you know, since Alex Smith's injury, they've won one game. I mean, think about that. Wow. So, I mean, since I he broke his leg, like that. they've won it, one game. The, I mean, the ugh. one thing you could say when Alex was playing and they were winning was that it was complimentary football. Yes, they and, played and, complimentary football. And whether, Absolutely. Whether or not they were running the football successfully or not, um, Alex Smith, you know, gets a bad rap for dumping the ball off and, and using a lateral passing sure. game. But that being said, it's still eating up the clock. And the fresher you can keep your front seven, the less opportunities you give the other offense, the more opportunities you give yourself to go out there and win football games. And, no, it's not pretty in the modern-day NFL of fantasy football, so on and so forth. And it's not, oh, he wins the game. Though, as a quarterback, your ultimate job is to give your team the opportunity to win a football game, not to go out there – and throw for 300 yards every week, but to give your team the opportunity based off of the personnel and the strengths of your team, which we all agreed that the front seven, especially our front four, front five, should be the strength and is the strength of this Washington Redskins team. All right. Kedrick Olson's with us. Uh, today's Redskins-Patriot game on the Team 980 95.9 FM was presented by New Look Home Design. Uh, check out New Look Home Design's winter roofing sale. Don't roll, the wi- don't roll the winter dice. Protect your home now before the snow heads. Visit newlookhomedesign.com today. That's new spelled N-U. All right. If you're on the lines, uh, hang in there. We're going to get to you. I'll roll through as many as you can here between uh, now and quitting time. Paul, we go ahead. You're up here on the uh, – Redskins final program here on Team 980 and 95.9 FM. Cookie, once again, big dog. How you doing, Mr. Grosser? I'm good, good to talk to you, man. I'm doing well. I'm doing well, sir. Um, big guy, I'm going to say this to you. I, I, you know, I understand where you're coming from, you know, as a former player. You know, so you're seeing things in another light. And, you know, recently former player at that. You know, so you want to put the responsibility to a lot of this also on the players. But everything you talk about at the end of the day comes back to coaching. I mean, Jay Gruden said himself in his press conference that the team didn't come out with momentum or motivated. Well, that's on you, coach. That's on you to make sure everybody's head is in the game. I mean, Zabe had this stat that he tweeted a couple weeks back where we losing – the second halves of every game with the number one, the number one or number two team that loses in the second half. And again, today we got obliterated. I mean, we didn't really have to play the perfect game today. We was playing a solid game, you know, down seven, 12 at halftime. And then in less than five minutes, we was down um, 16, 17 points. I mean, so to me, it's just the same movie, the same song that we always seen. 
you know, and you know, like everybody said, it's time for change. I mean, they just need to go ahead and you know put the man out of his misery because even on offense, you know, we're not even we're, we're just. It seems like we're just calling plays. There's no rhyme or reason to why he's calling plays. He's not like we're not setting anything up. It's just we're calling plays. And I just heard you say that you know the strength of this team is the defensive line. Is it really the defensive line? Because I, I remember last year that teams ran all over us. And today, the Patriots, the second half, they ran right down our throat. You know, to me, really, the strength of our team was the running game of last year and Adrian Peterson. And that's non-existent now. I mean, we're not even really trying to run. It's like we're running to say, okay, we're running the ball. Let's keep it on the seat. It's not working. Let's go back to throwing. I mean, there's no structure to this team offensively or defensively. The only thing Gruden said today that was 100% correct and I would agree with him is right now in this season, the strength of our team is the special teams. And he's even lacking on that. Take Trey Quinn off a punt return. You know, we need Sims back there. Somebody that actually can do something with the ball in his hands. Take it off the air, man, because I can go on and on and on about this frustration, but (laughs) I'm going to leave it at that. Thank y'all for taking my call. All right, Paul. Next time we'll be talking about who the new coach is. Hell to the rest. See you, man. No, I mean, there's a lot there. And, and obviously I am a recently retired former player. And I'm not looking at it through rose-colored glasses. I mean, I get it. Ultimately, the coach is responsible for his team and the mindset. Um, but at the end of the day, um, as a coach, this goes back to just more than just halftime adjustments and a rah-rah speech. Like, as a coach, I can't get nothing out of my players that isn't already in them. So that being said, um, we're all professionals. We're all adults. And, yes, it is a young football team, but you want to talk about not having to play a perfect game. Well, two of nine on third down, that's almost perfect defensively against anybody, especially yeah. Tom Brady. And that what, that's what it took even to be down at halftime. So yeah. Brady's Brady. And Belichick's Belichick, and I get what you're saying, but it is frustration. And as far as the defense alignment, obviously I'm going to have a soft spot in my heart for the D-line. But that being said, I also expect a lot out of them. Now, yes, they do run the ball. They they get some running on us in the second half, but it's not all on the defensive line. Sometimes when you insert blockers and you're watching the game – a safety has to fit. A cornerback has to fit. Now, as a defensive lineman, you don't want it to get to your small guys. You want to be able to make those type of plays. But that's what scheming up a run game is. Is You know what? We know Ionitis, Allen, and Payne. You know what? They're getting double teamed. You know, you insert that that slot receiver or that fullback or, that, or, the, or another running back that shifts back across the formation – Somebody else has to fill that gap. You know what I mean? I mean, they're all they're, – they're just men. So, you got one gap, one responsibility, and sometimes a guy can give you a little bit of help. If you look at uh, – Allen made a couple plays outside of his gap, which you have to do, and we drafted him to do that. But that being said, um, they still have to have their responsibility because they start trying to do other people's jobs, then you're really in a world to hurt. Yeah, and Allen was being double teamed a lot, and he fought through a couple. He had some really good bull rush today, where he didn't get in, but he the other side he collapsed his side, and then you know Brady have to slide, and he got I think it was the settle sack. If you watch that one again, I'm pretty sure that was that was Allen that just pushes two guys basically back towards Brady's left side. He's got to slide over, and then he gets jacked by uh, settle. Absolutely, he Brady in the first half did not feel comfortable in the pocket, and whether that was sacking him on the ground or not, not letting his feet get settled, he they did those things. But 
Obviously, you can look at the numbers. That doesn't tell the whole story. But that being said, the team has not played well enough to win a football game. And like Scott just said, um, the Alex injury really hurt this franchise because it's only been one game won since his injury. <laughs> and, and, and the talent is better than that. But like Allen said, and it's been said for, for years, I can remember my high school coach telling me, talent will get your butt beat. It's the best team that wins on whether at any level, whether yeah. it's Friday night, Saturday, or Sunday. The team that plays the best will win. And obviously, you can't go out there and hurt yourself with penalties or, you know, even you want to talk about the offensive line, and they have played well with Flowers and Penn. But you know what? Today, they were not on no, the same page. they weren't good today. Um, simple exit, text game stunts. Um, Flowers wasn't getting the depth that he needed in order to pass those off the pen. And so those just sort of hiccups that are coming with them not being able to play together as much as you would have liked them have all been at the fifth game of the year. But, you know, the Patriots were able to see some things on film with just some some lack of fundamental things of him being new to that position at guard where, you know what, it is more of a phone booth position, but you do have to kick out of there so that you don't open up that inside lane to your tackle. Um and give him some help inside. By the way, in the end, Patriots 5-15 on third down. So not great on third down, but obviously not quite, you know, not good enough. Uh, the Redskins needed to even be better on defense. They really needed to score twice on defense so they didn't have a chance with the way the offense was going. All right, David Alexandria, go ahead. You're next up on uh, Redskins final. Oh, I'm just tired of hearing everybody say fire Bruce and fire Gay. I'd like to hear some suggestions. And here are two reasonable suggestions. Okay. One, hire Reggie McKenzie and Emmett Thomas, the uh, coach that we used to have, and I know he had a tough time in Cleveland, but he took the Raiders, both those guys, from a three-win team to a seven-eight-win team with Jason Campbell. It's the first suggestion. Number two, Bruce Allen, you give him the Goodfellas treatment. You take him and Murray, you take him out in the Cadillac, you take him out for bagels and coffee, and you give him the ice pick. You chop him up, and you get rid of the car. Thank you for taking my call. All right. Oh, boy. <laughs> David, unbelievable. Yeah, I don't think that's probably going to happen, but uh, nonetheless, interesting suggestions. Um, you know, listen, I, I think there is something to be said where if you change a staff, your coaching staff, I don't know if it, if it's going to be enough because you know you're going to if you don't make some type of tweaks with your with your direction, right, or the front office, you know, the leadership, what have you. And you know, to ask somebody to pick a third coach, it's not often that that gets to happen uh, for general managers. Um, unless they're highly successful. And that, and that hasn't been, you know, that hasn't been the case here. So that that's the thing that I think a lot of fans have a hard time digesting here as we talk about, hey, yeah, okay, you could say make coaching again, it's fine, but, you know, are you really going to let the same guy make the decision on the next one again? That's 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 the tough one. That's, that's hard to understand and how that's supposed to get you a different result if you go ahead and do that. I don't know. I mean, I think if you, if you take a look at it, you talk about 2015, we win the division, and um, the, the next two years with Kirk Cousins here, um, last game of the year, got an opportunity to win those games and clinch a playoff berth. And then after that, um, Kirk leaves. You lose Pierre. You lose Deshaun. Um, Jordan Reed hasn't been healthily, uh, healthy consistently yeah. week in and week out. Uh, Trent's been battling injuries. Um, you turn over the running back room. You can, those Matt Jones was in that. Alpha Morris was in those running games. So people want to talk about rebuild. Well, this team kind of has rebuilt in front of you. You just didn't realize it. Um, yeah. Having Alex Smith and then losing him six and three, turning over the receiver room. Um, like I said, Jordan still hasn't been available. Um, trying to find a running back. Geis has battled through injuries. 
Adrian gave you a great year last year. And so I think that ultimately Jay has done a lot of positive things here, but he really hasn't – the ball hasn't bounced their way. They haven't gotten any breaks in anything, especially if you look at the injuries and so on and so forth. You can talk about pra- practice habits till you're blue in the face, but he's shown that, you know what, he can put a decent product out there. And people want to talk about all these up-and-coming coaches. Well, Jay was that when he came here. This wasn't like a friendship high, and obviously we know the relationship that Bruce had with, with the Grudens, but he was a guy that took Andy Dalton and A.J. Green and had them going in the playoffs and so on and so forth. He was that upcoming offensive coordinator. And so um, I know patience is the wrong word because he's had six years, but yeah. that being said, um, you can't just continue to say that um, by changing the coach that everything is going to get fixed. You know, I think at a certain point the leaders in that locker room, which I know they are, just has to say, you know, that um, by changing the coach that everything is going to get fixed. You know, I think at a certain point, the leaders in that locker room, which I know they are, just has to say, you know what? Like Chris Thompson being emotional yeah. today, he understands that, you know what? The coaches are doing what they need to do to help them win football games, but it, everybody has to go out there and execute. And that goes back to the coaches. But that being said, the coaches will not throw a pass, will not make a tackle, will not make an adjustment inside the game. And, 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 that's where I think the frustration and emotion is coming out of Chris Thompson is he's understanding that, hey, we need to hold up to our end of this deal and be accountable for what's going on here as well. Yeah, and I think that's what he was upset about, you know, because like you said, he hasn't felt like they've done that. Um, all right, if you're on the line, hang in there, 301-230-0980. We'll get some more calls coming up. Official, uh, excuse me, the uh, Redskins final after the official po- Redskins postgame show. Scott Jackson, Kedrick Golston, a 33-7 New England win. Uh, Nats are about 30 minutes away from first pitch. We'll keep you updated on what happens there once it gets started. Uh, the Redskins uh, have the Dolphins next week. And as of right now, Jay Gruden is still in charge here. As he said after the game, until his key card doesn't work, he's going to continue to come to work. Uh, we'll get into some of that coming up on the other side here uh, on the Team 980 and the Team 980 app at 95.9 FM. He's got time. Out of time. He's in. He is sacked. He is sacked. Ioannidis and Kerrigan combined for the sack. This is Redskins Final on the Team 980. Here's your host, Scott Jackson. Welcome back. Redskins Final after the 33-7 loss at the hands of the New England Patriots. We're just watching uh, some of the lowlights from this game again. Uh, one of the touchdown runs uh, and by Sony Michelle, and then also the uh, the wide open pass to the tight end. Just a couple of the breakdowns. You know, again, we were praising a little bit of the defense earlier for coming out so strong, but there in the second half, just uh, too many breakdowns um, late in the game uh, in terms of some of these plays, and even the Brandon, you know, the Brandon uh, Bolden play. I think it was it was it um, it was Ryan Anderson that bit in the flat, right? Yeah. And it was also the same play where. Cole Holcomb appeared to stop in the hole again. And this is two weeks in a row that's happened with him. I'm not really sure what he's hesitating for. I, I mean, no, I mean, it, it's for, I mean, last week it was maybe he's worried about getting a penalty on the quarterback, right. so on and so forth, or maybe he's seeing too much. Maybe he's thinking too much and not just going out there and say, you know what? If the worst thing that happens is we get a 15 yard personal foul and we get a hit on Brady, then let's let's do that because. Ryan did his job. He was on it, but, you know, he's out man on yeah. a running back up against that route. It's a reason he's a 280-pound outside linebacker that's supposed <laughs> to be going forward. Yeah. And you only expect him to have to cover that route for 15 to 20 yards. And for Brady to have the time to get back to that route, um, 
they was expecting the blitzer to get there. Yeah, it was, um, again, just a little bit too much confusion there. After a pretty solid first half, a solid first half, this is defense has played this year, but it kind of been the story that only good in spurts, this football team. All right, Jonesy, go ahead. Thanks for waiting. You're on Redskins Final. What's going on, engineer Scott? Hey, bud. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, hey, 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 Ghosty, what's happening, buddy? Man, I can't complain. If I did, wouldn't nobody care anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, hey, man, I went to the game, okay? Good I won my little ticket Friday, you know, off the station, off the Brian Mitchell show. My God, man. Um, it's just some grand things that you see uh, out there on the field that you cannot see on TV. That body language is serious, man. It was like guys, like, giving up on the plate. I'm talking about in the secondary. I'm going to call no particular name. But guys giving up in the secondary, especially when that interception was thrown deep on our, on our own territory by Cole McCoy. The yeah. body language was like, oh, my God, we out here again? Really? Yeah. We, we did what we were supposed to do, but this is what you're doing to it. You're killing us. So, with that said, I, I don't know, man. Um, and as far as the coaches, the one thing I don't like about this coaching staff the most, it seems like they don't hold people accountable. For example, Morgan Moses, I mean, good God, Mike, we got like what, three years' worth of history with him on the holding call. Now, you know, some of them might be ghost calls, but come on, he has done this enough to know by now. You know, I, I, this is something I can't do. But he constantly does it, and I see the way he goes back to the sideline, like, oh, okay, okay, well, I'll get, her, I'll get her the next time. But you keep getting called for these same holding calls. I mean, good plays come out of, you know, stuff. I mean, for, for, the, for us to be a bad team, we have good plays that, that work a deep run. It gets called back because of a hole. Really? I mean, I don't know what to say, man. Yeah, whether, but we just need to get it together. Yeah, whether you Thanks, uh, whether you agree with this at whole or not, at this point, you just gotta you gotta listen to the officials and make mm-hmm. the adjustments. Um, I, I I do have a lot of respect for, for Coach Callahan, for Morgan Moses, um, and, and the work that they put in uh, to this. But at the end of the day, you can't go back and, and on Monday and say, "Oh, the officials was right or wrong." You got to make those adjustments because it's it's costing you you football games. And and as yeah. far as body language, um. You have to be a machine in the sense of not to let your emotions get the best of you. Obviously, you could be frustrated as a player, but ultimately, you know you're a team. And, okay, the quarterback threw an interception. Well, so what? You know what I mean? We got to go out there and stop them. And I know that sounds like coaches talk and so on and so forth, but it speaks to whenever you get the opportunity to go out there and play, you get excited about it. Regardless of the circumstances of the situation, this is another opportunity for us to go out there and stop them like they did in the first half. Um, when Colt threw the pick right before the two-minute. You know yeah. what I mean? That's a, that's they a did critical stop moment. They held him to a field goal. That and was so, huge. Yeah. you know, you almost have to just say, hey, this is an opportunity for us to go out here and, and stop him because you have no control over the interception. And no matter how much you complain about it or, or frustrated about it, it's not going to give you the ball back. You got to go out there and execute at a high level. And so that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying – to start the process of evaluating guys. I want guys that want to be there regardless of the situation, the circumstances, regardless if you like what's going on. Nobody likes what's going on, from the fans to the coaches uh, to the person at the front gate. Nobody likes this, but you know what? Complaining about it isn't going to fix any of it. Kedrick Golston, uh, Scott Jackson, Redskins final here on the Team 90 and 95.9 FM. Uh, Eric, go ahead. You're next up. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, Eric, go ahead. Yeah, man, this is what I want to talk about. 
I, I've been a Redskins fan for, for many years with the Redskins. I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And for this many years, I, I've been just, just dealing with these Atlanta Falcons, talking about the Redskins, talking about how they beat us. Y'all really didn't beat us. But this is what I want to talk about. When people say it goes from the from the ownership to the coaches or whatever, Jack can't cook held Joe Gibbs accountable for anybody he brought here. He held him accountable. When he, when we got Doug Williams, Joe Gibbs' job was threatened, you know, as far as bringing him here because the ownership held him accountable. And right now we have a bunch of players. We, we, we bring in players for just their names, and we put them on the field. Adrian Peterson won us seven games last year, and we didn't even play, didn't even start him the beginning of the season. It's too much of the name thing, and not too much of the player thing. That's that's what I think. You know, if we get back to players being accountable for their position, then we can start back to being a, the, the traditionary Redskins that we was. Until then, we're not gonna be we're not gonna be anything. You know, that's that's just what I want to say. I've been wanting to say this for two, three years now. I'm glad y'all took my call. All right, buddy. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Eric. Take it easy. I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but there isn't a bigger name on this team than Adrian Peterson. And the yeah. fact that he didn't play week one tells you that in that case, they could care less about the name on the back of the jersey because sure. they gave the nod to a second-year guy coming off of, of, of an ACL. Um, Accountability is everything, whether it's football, whether it's business, whether it's your own household. you got to be accountable for decisions that you make. And from players, they got to be accountable. they got to hold themselves accountable. But coaches obviously got to hold them accountable for what they're doing. And so um, when you lose, that, that's just kind of where we're at. With it. Yeah. There's, there's no s- magic potion, no, no secret sauce to anything except, you know what, you have to get the people to be able to identify what is going wrong and fix it because the fact of the matter is is you have a good core nucleus of young talent here and you can't just get rid of every single player. So identifying what it is and what it's going to take to learn how to win, and that's kind of what I see now is that this team doesn't know, hasn't learned yet how to win a football game because it hasn't. And so you see the frustration. You hear, oh, here we go again. It's almost like they're expecting something bad to happen um, just because they, as a team, they haven't had victory yet this season. And so you just got to figure out how to get that one, and hopefully it's this week against Miami. Um, all right. If you're on the line, hang in there. Uh, B. Mitch apparently wants to come on, so we'll let him uh, come on in, in here. Uh, Bishop Forbes, by the way, has been tweeting the hell out of me tonight. Sorry. Uh, haven't been able to respond to all of them, but he points out, he goes, yep, uh, good old Morgan Moses, this is why Chris Thompson's tears for Gruden are a little misguided. Gruden's apathy, the details, only players' accountability is why we have Morgan Moses. Nothing changes. He's been holding for five years, no consequences. Well, the other problem is they don't really have anybody who can take his job right now. I mean, let's be real, too. I mean, they're already down a tackle who's pretty good. They brought Donald Penn in here. But one thing, if Trent rolled in here tomorrow and said, hey, I'm ready to play and showed you that, and you could slide Donald Penn over there and play him at right tackle, but it's not like you have a real alternative at this point. Gerard Christian was in for, what, three plays last week, and I think he had two penalties. I mean, <laughs> the it, extra blocker. It, it, it's not as if, yeah. I mean, you know. And I get it. I hear what you're I, saying. Obviously, but. um, as an off, as a right tackle, and as really any offensive lineman, you really want to go unnoticed. They're kind of yeah. like kickers, right? And so yep. the only time we hear anything about Morgan Moses is not when he blows up a defensive end or gets up to the next level. 
uh, to, to bust a run. It's when, you know what, he's either on the ground because he got banged up or it's a holding penalty. Yeah. And so those are the only times we kind of get introduced to Morgan. But that being said, there has to be a change there. He, he we, You cannot continue to week in and week out, continue to have the same penalties just because you don't think they're penalties or because you're not in the proper position. Yeah. That's really like I hear the argument, well, hey, their hands are inside on the breastplates. But in that being said, you have to keep your hips and your arms in the framework of your shoulders. Or they're going to call that holding, and that's kind of been the way it's always been, is that, yeah, offensive linemen hold on every play. They grab inside the pads. As long as they're square to the defender, they don't call it. But at the moment that that defender gets on the edge, you have to let that go. All right, Kedrick Golston's with us. It's Redskins final. Brian Mitchell's going to come up with us on the other side. We'll get his take on today's uh, 33-7 loss to the New England Patriots. It's the Redskins final program here on the Team 980, Team 980 app and 95.9 FM. Brady takes the snap. He's got time. Out of time. He said he is sacked. He is sacked. Ioannidis and Kerrigan combined for the sack. This is Redskins Final on the Team 980. Here's your host, Scott Jackson. All right, Redskins Final here on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. Uh, Kedrick Golston hanging out with us, Scott Jackson, and uh, Brian Mitchell, who, of course, is host of the Brian Mitchell Show 1-4. to I did a little television tonight as well at the stadium at – well, I was going to say FedEx Field, but I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm correct on that, Brian. Was it was it Gillette Stadium? Because at times it was hard to tell on television. I'm sorry. I got to punch B. Mitch on the air. What's happening, B. Mitch? What up, man? Was that Gillette Stadium or FedEx Field you guys were working at tonight? Because it was hard to tell sometimes. It was FedEx Field, but you know what, though? It's just like, you know, the whole thing, you got to play. got to keep playing. If you don't play, people are not going to be there. Yep. And uh, this thing is bigger than a year. And I think that's the whole thing. Players need to understand. I think everybody else around understands. So, uh, but ultimately, the players in the planet they need to realize one thing. You know, you can change this by focusing on taking care of business, and uh, whether it's coaches or players, they haven't taken care of business. Point blank. Yeah, look, they came out with some great effort defensively early in the game. Kendrick and I are talking about, but you know, as the game wore on, look, the Patriots do what the Patriots do, and this offense. You know, they didn't They didn't have anything for, for New England's defense today outside of one play. And, you know, that's the thing that's been really uh, killing me where we've seen Jay after two of the first four games come out and discuss the defense in a negative manner. And then when you look at the offense, you wonder after the first half, what have you done? And now I, I would challenge anybody out there that wants to give Jay credit for what he said, how great has the offense played in this, uh, this year for five games? They played great for – are half against Philadelphia. Since then, they have not played great. Not for half, not for a whole quarter. So ultimately, when you look at that, then it's not an offensive thing. It's not a defense thing. It's a team thing. And ultimately, it comes down to what, like we always say, teams take on the person, the personality of the coach. And the personality of this coach right now, to me, and I'm not, I don't care if anybody else agrees with me, but to me, the personality of this team is everything's going to be okay. Not that we got to fix it, but everything's going to be okay. It hadn't been okay. Okay, and in this game, I told everybody that talked to me in the first half, I say I don't care about the first half because the game doesn't end at halftime. The game ends at the end of the game. And I've been talking for six years about adjustments, okay? Adjustments offensively. And lately in the last two years under Greg Minuski, they don't know what an adjustment is defensively. So the defense played great in the first half. 
The offense did some great things, and they had the great play that they had already schemed up for Stephen Sam Jr. But once the second half came, what happened at that moment? We saw nothing that was different. We saw the same stuff in the first half. The Patriots made their adjustments, and they went straight up. The Redskins didn't make their adjustments. And it, the one thing I'm going to say, accountability and adjustments are what makes a team go. I haven't seen that consistently to believe in the coach that they have right now, okay? And people can sit up here and no, I don't care. I don't want people to lose their job, but sometimes in the, in the sport of uh, football, you lose your job. Why? When you don't win, when things aren't changing, and right now I think they need to make a change because I, the message to me seems stale and the guy's not getting it. B-Mitch, this is Kendrick here. How you doing? What up, Kay? How you doing, buddy? Oh, man, I can't complain, but – so, as far as obviously you're a former player, great all time Redskin. Hopefully, you'll get in the Hall of Fame um, here. But at what point do you say, hey, listen, the players do have to accept more accountability? And I get what you're saying about the personality of Jay Gruden. Mm-hmm. Or, let's wait till we get Jordan Reed back, or let's wait till guys come back. Like, the time is now. We can't wait on those people. So, like you said, like yeah. obviously you there's no there's not another Jordan Reed out there on the field. There's not another Vernon Davis. But we didn't have to still get production out of those positions and then come up with a plan in order to be able to go out there and win. And as far as the defense and making adjustments, like you said, lights out the first half. But um, but then you get the mishaps where you got players running wide open down the field, regardless of whether yeah. somebody trips or not. Like you know, you can't fall in the professional football league. But <laughs> you know being able to communicate that and understand, hey, this was the plan the first half. Now we're changing this, and now you need to be able to understand this is how we're attacking that now. Yeah, okay, I'll say this, okay, and for me, I blame players before I start blaming coaches. And I blame players for a long time, and they get mad. You know, they don't want to talk to me. And to be honest with you, I don't give a damn, you know, because I, I don't live my life to be liked by people. As my father told me earlier, and when I was a young kid, say, don't live your life to be liked, give your life to be respected. Okay? And the people, like a lot of guys get mad when you tell the truth about them. You know, I don't know if you were on a team when you all went up there and they, won, they lost it to the seven to the Patriots. Yeah, I was there. And Big Phil said, man, they ran the score up on Coach Gibbs. Well, I took offense to what he said because, damn it, you are, you're on the defensive line. Yeah. Don't say that. Shut up. Just accept it and keep moving forward. But when you make that comment, I'm like, well, if you love Coach Gibbs that much, why didn't you play better? Why didn't you do a little bit more? So when I look at the Redskins today, and, 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 and I look at a lot of players on this team who like to run around and have fun after a pass was like 10 feet over the dude's head, like they dancing like they made some uh, adjustments. You didn't make a damn <laughs> adjustment. You did nothing. Okay, for me, it comes down to this. If my, I always used to go after a game because my dad, my dad was a realest dude. Everybody might think Brian Mitchell, the realest dude, the realest dude on the radio. But you know who the realest dude on the radio? My father. That's who lives through me. After my football game, I had 271 yards rushing. He said, well, you should have had 350 because you set out that showboat. <laughs> he always checked me. That's why I'm the way that I am. So if they want to blame me, blame me. But blame Vance Mitchell Sr. because my dad was a military guy. He was in the military for 20 years. I respect him to the utmost. He hasn't been, he hasn't been here. He, he's been gone for a long time. But we have too many guys that get caught up in the BS. They get caught up in the hype. Okay? And then you have a coach who don't hold people accountable. All right? When you see four, three, four penalties in a row, okay, 
That's not discipline. And why don't you have discipline? Because your coach is not holding you accountable. He's not making you be disciplined. Then we look at like some of the stuff that's popular. Does, does he hold himself accountable? Is he a disciplined guy? I look at all of that stuff. We all do stuff, okay? But the whole thing about it is if you want to lead a team, you got to lead it by example. And if you can't lead it by example, I'm going to have a problem with it. So when I see guys like Chris Thompson after the game crying to him how much he loves Jay, okay, I look at play after that. I don't care about the emotions. You know, I, I have grown – in the sport of football, in the profession of football, I've grown to not give a damn about emotion. I've grown not to care about what people say. I care about what you do. Yep. So if you love somebody that much, do more. Okay? If your coach can't, if your coach, when people do stuff wrong, say, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to discipline them? You're damn straight. Uh, Bill Belichick disciplined his people. He gets on Tom Brady like he's a rookie. So why the hell can't you get on anybody? We give people to listen. I'm going to just throw one statement out there, and for everybody listening, Trey Quinn should not be your punt returner. Steven Sims should be your punt returner, hands down. And why? Because the coach likes Trey. He ain't, he's not more explosive. He's not better. He's not more exciting than Stephen A. Sims. That's the guy to be playing. So when you're making moves based on light instead of affectability then you are not no longer the guy that should be in charge. That's the way I feel. I may be wrong. People can say what they want. But I'll say this. Follow my track record. I'm rarely wrong because I don't speak unless I know what the hell I'm talking about. Does it concern you that Tressway is only, what, 98 yards shy of having as many yards as the offense this year? Uh, it doesn't concern me because <laughs> Tress is outstanding. You know why he's outstanding? Yes. So I, I, put out, I put out my kick-ass awards every week. Yeah. And you know what I got before the game? Tressway, Tressway, Tressway. Off his DJ special team, they put him as eight plus as a coach. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Tomorrow I may do that. Yeah. And people are gonna say, "Well, you being you 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 pushing, you trying to be a little bit." I may be doing that because yeah, I don't know who other than Stephen A. Sims right on the team was. Well, defensively early, they were outstanding. I can't I can't knock that. Yeah, and no, they played a good start. Yeah, outstanding. Yeah. They did great. But Greg Manuski. A guy who I played with was one of the wildest, craziest people in the world. How the hell did you get so conservative in the second half? Yeah, I mean, they gashed him in the second half, too. They just ran it, Bruh, ran it down their throat. Tom Brady in the second half, he, when they sack him, he stands up, he calls a play, and he goes right back to the same position. And he, it's not about what you just did. It's about my team better do what they're supposed to do. And that's the thing that I pick up about Bill Belichick. You know, it's not about how great we are, what we do. It's about oh, you make those mistakes. And if they ass piss people off, your ass will be sitting next to me. Okay? We got teams where the same people get the same penalties every game all the time. And guess what? They still start. They still play all the time. And then after the game, I hear the coach and I hear other people talking about who's not here. It doesn't make a difference who's not here. You prepare the game for who is there. So that, that's where our adjustments come in. You adjust the scheme for the talent that you have. You don't keep making the talent that you have fit the scheme you think is going to work. And that's been my problem for the last six years. I've been waiting for adjustments at halftime. I don't care about the first half. We could be up by 20, get down by 20. The first half doesn't, doesn't stop game. Okay? The, the end of the game is when the game ends. 
And if you don't make adjustments to make things change, then I got a problem with it. All right. Tomorrow, 1 to 4, Brian Mitchell here on Team Night 95.9 FM. I'll be. I'll be uh, too, huh, yeah, I'll be hanging out with you tomorrow. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, Lord. It's going to be fun. Well, it's going to be, hey, all the fans out there listening, we were, we were on Mondays, we allow fans to come out, discuss what they, what they had problems with, and you speak. And we're going to try to find a way to make a solution. Uh, then again, we may have news tomorrow. We don't know. Yeah, and we, we may, may have uh, – well, well, hopefully the Nats so will be up 2-1 to one by tomorrow, too. Hopefully the Nats will be on the verge of uh, advancing tomorrow, too. So we'll hopefully have that to I would accept that. All right. But so, you, hey, you, got a, you got a good dude in there with you. Kendrick, Kendrick's a good dude. I know Kendrick. He's very smart. Yeah, he is. Know his stuff. And he understands. You know, hey, sometimes people going to say stuff you don't want to hear. And and that's really all you want as a man. You just want somebody to be honest with you. And if they get emotional about that, then that's on them. But the truth is the truth. And as a player, obviously we caught up in it. But at a certain point, you got to check your ego at the door and say, you know what, he's right. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't do this better. I can't, I cannot uh, continue to make the same mistakes. And that's just a respect thing. And that that's tough, obviously, as a former player and and yourself being in the media, so on and so forth. You got to tell the truth. You know, yeah. whether it was me or whether it was somebody else, you know, you got to respect your opinion. And if I disagree with it, I need to look and just not lash out and say, oh, he don't know what he's talking about. But say, hey, maybe it is something there. You know what I mean? Because you have wore those pads. You have seen it through the eyes of a player and played at a high level. You wore a really and big helmet, he, too. The excuse has become, you know, when someone says something we don't like, you mean to be, oh, you a hater. I'll just tell people this. If they, I wish everyone had the opportunity to go home with me when someone says something negative about me. I rarely came back and said something about a person writing the paper. I learned early that you don't, you can't be the pen, you can't be the camera, and you can't read people that can can go back and redo what they just said. You know what I'm saying? So I always said the way you shut them up is by doing what they say you couldn't do. Go back and redo what they just said. You know what I'm saying? So I always said the way you shut them up is by doing what they say you couldn't do. So that means you have to work a little harder. So that's all I ask for everybody to do, whether it's a coach or the player, do what the hell you are supposed to do at a high level. Doctor, after a game, when you're talking about injuries, and you're talking about referees, that's excuses. That make it look worse. That's the worst thing I can hear, and I hear it after every game. And, I, and the coach says it. So if the coach is saying it, I see why the players are saying it. All right, B. Mitch, talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Have a good one. Enjoy the game. All right, man. Y'all be good. Be All good. Right, be see good. ya. All right. And we got to find Doc Walker in the crowd. I'm sure he's sitting next to Magic Johnson with his Dodger blue on. Probably got that satin jacket he had since he was 13. All right. Uh, coming up, we'll get to more calls. 301-230-0980. It's Redskins final. Uh, Kendrick Golston's in here with us. Scott Jackson here on the Team 980. And the Team 980 app at 95.9 FM. The here on uh, the Team 980. Inside handoff. It is Steven Sims. Has some room. 40. Up to the 45. Puts his head down. Still on his feet. Open field. Electrified. He's gone all the way for a Redskins touchdown. Seeds Redskins final on the Team 980. Here's your host, Scott Jackson. All right, welcome back. Team 980 and 95.9 FM. Uh, Nats underway, and uh, they already got a base runner. Uh, the, the, the Dodgers already have a base runner. Anibal Sanchez, did he hit the batter? I missed what happened. I don't know. He, they, have a, they have a base runner already. 
So anyway, uh, hopefully uh, it'll be a double play ball here momentarily. But anyhow, and Annabelle Sanchez can get out of this inning. All right, uh, we'll get back to calls three zero one two three zero zero nine. Thanks for B Mitch for calling us. Um, fired up after the game, and, and listen, he's at the stadium, and that's got to be a drag, right? You're seeing a, a takeover essentially of your stadium again, and that it was, you know, it was one of those games where even after the fact, like Bill Belichick's making comments about how great it was to see them travel. Then he goes, well, wait a minute. Maybe they live here. I'm not sure. Brady made some comments about it and did some Instagram stuff with it. I mean, and that didn't happen overnight. I mean, this has been a long time coming. Even last year when they were six and three, six and two, they had these issues with the, with the uh, stadium as well. Yeah. I mean, it's almost a perfect storm. I mean, you know, I, I can remember when I got drafted here in 2006 and we had 60,000 people for our inner squad scrimmage with the Baltimore Ravens. Right. And, the first game Monday night, September 11th, against the Minnesota Vikings, the, re- the return of um, of Smoot, mm-hmm. that, that game. Um, but like B. Mitch said in the last segment, you know, this isn't just this year. This is years yeah. of frustration, years, of, years frustration. Of, of, of just, you know, not winning. I mean, if you win, they will come. We saw that in 2012, 13, 15, whatever you want to say it. And that being said – it's almost the destination for visiting fans, whether they live here or not, because right. you can see the nation's capital and watch a, watch your football team play. So it's kind of like a, a two for two. And it's a transient area. I mean, I, look, as a kid, I didn't have season tickets to RFK, and it was hard to get tickets. I mean, you had to have you had to have an in, right? It was not an easy thing to do unless you want to go down there and pay over face value on the on the street, right? And now it's never been easier to get in other stadiums. Um, this one in particular has been extremely easy with, with StubHub and things like that. That's always been the option, um, you know, for, for, you know, when fans don't want to, you know, use their tickets anymore, they can do that. And NFL even has their own ticket exchange thing. So, you know, they make it easier than ever for fans from other teams to get into other stadiums. Redskins fans have done that at other places too. We've seen it in, in Tampa and Arizona. And then last year, even in New York, uh, this year, not so much because, of course, the Giants fans aren't selling because they were excited about their quarterback last week and Daniel Jones. But this, and as you said, it's in a perfect storm of not winning. And, you know, people are just like, all right, enough. Um, I'm going to make money off this. And uh, if you want to come see it, go for it. And, yeah, by the way, the Patriots, there's a bandwagon aspect to this, too. Let's not lose sight of that. But, hey, if you're going to get on a bandwagon, I guess get on one with a team that goes to the Super Bowl every year. All right, G in Norfolk, what's happening? Hey, guys, thanks for um, taking my call. Mr. Ghost, I agree with you. This team has been rebuilding, but um, it's a Yugo team, and you keep, you know, rebuilding with Yugo parts. You still don't have a Yugo. <laughs> you but, um, but more importantly, right, you know, I'm, I'm a happy Redskins fan. I was happy even before the season started because if they made the pair, I was going to be happy. If they're going to fire Gruden, I'd still be happy. So either way, I am happy. Holidays coming up. Enjoy your family, guys. Thanks for taking my call. All right, man. Thanks, Jesus. So Jesus, like he's gonna roll with whatever happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, he's he's a true fan. You know what I mean? And I think that, I mean, we got a lot of good pieces. We got a lot of young talent. Um, Terry, scary Terry, is what they call him now. He's shown that he can be a building block for the future. Um, the the young defensive pieces. Monte coming back after the troubles he had with injury last mm-hmm. year and the off the field stuff to come back and and improve his worth to, to play at a level we all thought he could play at. Um, you know, hopefully Dunbar's back healthy. Uh, you got um, the young linebackers. You got uh, Bostic that is playing at a high level. You got Caleb. And in the, the front seven, I mean, hopefully Sweater come on. He, he had his first sack a couple weeks ago, and hopefully he's getting more comfortable, so on and so forth. Um, but that being said, um, 
it all goes back to the to the most important position in pro sports, and you got to have a quarterback um, week in and week out so that you do have a little bit of margin for error. If you look at the great quarterbacks, it's not as if their team doesn't make mistakes. It's that the quarterback play can cover up for a lot of that mistakes, and you need the the, the league is built for the quarterbacks to have success, and it's easy for quarterbacks to have success if you have the right one, and that takes a, that gives you a lot more margin for error from a whole team perspective. All right, Matt LaFleur celebrating up on our screen, I see on the left side, and uh, the Dodgers with base runners at first and second on the right side. Um, apparently a missed field goal by the Cowboys, down 10 with a minute 40 to go, and the Packers are going to take a couple knees and be done with this one. Impressive for Green Bay because they did not look uh, very physical and tough against the Eagles, and they just came down there and smacked the Cowboys around today. Yeah, I mean, that, that goes to show you having those couple of, couple of extra days off. And, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers, and he gets more comfortable in this system, which is a quarterback-friendly system. And you take a MVP-type quarterback in Aaron Rodgers and give him a quarterback-friendly system and give him the run game to support and to get the defensive pieces uh, around him so that he had to go out and score 40 points a game. Um, you see them, you know, building something that, that's going to be good down the line. All right, um, Annabelle Sanchez just struck out Cody Bellinger, which is huge, uh, with runners at first and second and one out. So two outs now for the Nats. Keep you updated on that as well. All right, Rare Lou, what's happening? You're on uh, Redskins Final. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Scotty, Kendrick, what's going on, man? Hey, pal. How you doing? Just calling. Uh, this is like a meditation session for us, Kendrick. To, 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 to be honest, <laughs> it can, Kendrick, this is we're we not trying to complain, man. What we see is it's like what we see up front, like what we see on TV. This is not good, man. Like, as of, like, I'm sure you own a couple of businesses, whatnot. I'm sure you wouldn't accept what you've what you seen, what, what's going on with this team right now if you was the owner of this team. Let me put you on that situation. You wouldn't, you wouldn't accept what's going on. So, at the, at the same time, us, be, you know, calling up here saying, this guy got to go, that guy got to go. That's just a fact, man. Like, they keep playing around like 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 the key the thing that I keep saying is that Snyder seemed like he don't really care about winning. It seemed like what he care about what goes in his pocket. When the team sold out with the other team, uh, the fan base and, and fetish, that's what he liked. Like I was there two weeks, three weeks ago with the Cowboys game. So at the end of the day, like you know, if he like if he really really like deep down inside, if he care about this team. Like instead of like trying to find a way to kill this, I mean like this this is like a, it's, it's it's really painful to watch what what he's doing with this organization because it's a great organization and it have a lot of history. But at the same time, the last twenty years, man, this is pathetic, man. Especially to like the, with Jay, man. This is like come on, man. Let the other guy take over. Let 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 us see what what uh. uh Kevin O'Connell, what he could do, man. That's all. That's all we wanted. I mean, give somebody else an opportunity, man. Instead of like you dragging Jay through this like the entire season. We seen the guy smoking pot about two years ago. We don't care. All right. At the end of the day, uh, I don't know what man. we saw in that rare little, but anyway, hey buddy, take it easy. Thanks for the call. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what those. To be honest, I I thought he was it was a cigarette, but whatever. I mean, I have no idea. I, I, I'm not ex I'm not accepting anything. <laughs> Um, but I could sit here for two and a half hours and say, fire this person, yeah. fire that person. <clears throat> you still got to block. You still got to tackle. Um, a holding penalty is frustrating, but why did that holding penalty happen? Right. Bad body position. Um, you know, albeit what? Um, br breakdowns defensively. It's communication, a lack of technique. 
there's a rhyme or reason for everything, and it's still football, albeit whether it's football in the 50s or football in the 2000s, there's a rhyme or reason to that. So I'm not making excuses for anything, but what I'm saying is, is that it all goes back to really simple fundamentals, execution, assignment, alignment, and all those type of things. So I'm just trying to give you the insight of, hey, it's a holding penalty. This is why it is. It's a defensive breakdown, so it's not accepting anything. But at the end of the day, when you watch the game or when you break it down and study film, there's a nuance to it to say, hey, why do you keep getting beat? Is it because you're not opening your hip fast enough or you're not, or your eyes are saying the wrong thing? And so that's what I'm talking about of that. Those attention to details are really going to be the only thing that changes this. Now you got to have the coaches and everybody put in place to point and identify those things. And when the coaches identify, which I believe that they are, the players have to take that and 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 make those corrections and not accept it. And as far as Morgan is concerned, yeah, he has had holding penalties. Who are you going to put in the game? Who do you have that's better than him? You know what I mean? Here's a guy yeah. that, for lack of a better term, has been your most outside of, you know, Sheriff got hurt last year. He's played every week for the last, whatever, four or five years. He's been banged up. He's fought through ankle surgeries, so on and so forth. But he's still a tackle that is playing winning-type football, even though he puts his team in tough situations at times. All right. Uh, coming up, we'll get back to calls at 301 We've got another uh, 20, 30 to go. Uh, if you're on the line, hang in there. Uh, the Redskins fall to the Patriots 33-7. Scott Jackson, Kedrick Golston here on Redskins final. The Team 980, Team 980 app and 95.9 FM. I was very impressed with our defense early. They had a couple sudden changes. We had the turnover there at the end of the half. They could have really opened the uh, floodgates on us there early, but our defense still held strong, held the field. This is Redskins final on the Team 98. Here's your host, Scott Jackson. All right, it is Redskins final as we come down the home stretch here. 301-230-0980. Redskins fall to the... Patriots today, 33-7, 0-5, first 0-5 start since the 2001 season under Marty Schottenheimer. Of course, they did end up finishing that year at 8-8. Eight eight. Of course, uh, Joe Gibbs' first season was an 0-5 start, uh, finished up at 8-8. Eight eight. I did. I forget to do this. I'll do it with Brian tomorrow, but Brian Mitchell had a team that started 0-7 uh, under North Turner, I believe it was, or maybe it was 0-9, and, and um, ended up winning six games down the stretch, I believe, so... You know, listen, it's a long season still. They're not going to get in the playoffs. I think everybody's well aware of that. It's it's not going to happen. But could you still do something respectable? Maybe. I, I don't know. It doesn't feel like that today. But, you know, weirder things have happened in the NFL. I don't think any of the other instances we thought good things about any anything about the team at the time. So we'll see. It starts with Miami. At least, you know, don't suffer the humiliation of losing to a team that appears to not want to win. I mean, I That'd you, be a good first step. You think you look at? I mean, obviously they wanted Colt coming out. Um, the Patriots game, mm-hmm. if you you know that was going to be a tough one to win. So, yeah. how do you how do you look moving forward? You get a win in Miami um, and see if you can get the ball rolling from there. And it, it's probably not what fans want to hear, so on and so forth. But sure. there's a certain level of just even killness that you have to say, hey, you know. Um, Quarterbacks played. Quarterback played well the first two weeks. Defense let him down. We we, yep. we believe the defense is better. Um, Keenum comes out, comes back. New York struggles. You put Haskins in. Obviously, a rookie's going to struggle. Daddy did. Colt comes back. Patriots. So, 
you got to be honest about what's going on, too. You, you can't make excuses. Uh, Trent hasn't been there all year. Jordan got hurt in the preseason. So those guys really, as it, they were in the plans, have really not gotten any reps, game reps, to go out there and to, to evaluate, so on and so forth. So it's not about necessarily the playoffs at this point. It's just saying, hey, how do we get this first win? Does Jay still have control of the team? Are they moving in the right direction? Because you do have a lot of young, valuable pieces on this team and you do not want them to just begin to accept status quo and and what's going on right now because culture is everything and sure. anything. No, that's a fair point. Um, yeah, it was a 98 team that started 0-7. Uh, they lost their first seven games in a bye week under North Turner, won the next week, then lost a game, then won a game, then lost a game. Then they ripped off uh, four in a row – and then lost the final game of the season up six and ten that year. And of course, the next year they were in the playoffs. So anyway, um, not that I think any of those things are going to happen this year, but I'm just saying for historical fact, historical facts. All right, uh, Kedrick Golston, Scott Jackson, with you here on Redskins Final three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. Let's get to Mark next. Mark, thanks for waiting. What's happening? Mark, go ahead. Mark, you with us? Mark, are you there? Hello, Mark. I hear some noise in the line, but there's no mark there. All right, uh, where are we going next? Jason in New York, go ahead. Hello? Yeah, hey, Jason, go ahead. Guys? You're on the air. Hey, you doing, pal? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for taking the call. Sure. Um, I'm just I'm just amazed how this defense has this defense has done a 360 than what we expected. Like we've been talk we were talking about this defense from the off season when we drafted Collins. It's like we just needed that one piece and OTAs. Um, training camp preseason, this defense we were talking about them and they haven't done nothing. Like we all expected, the offense wasn't going to do nothing. We had a rookie quarterback and two backups. We weren't expecting nothing from this offense, but this defense was supposed to be the bright spot of the of the season, and they haven't done nothing. So that that's that's just amazes me. And then you see these other players that we had. They are superstars in other teams. Preston Smith is a superstar in Green Bay. We have the other day, Bashar Breeland took a fumble to the house. Mm-hmm. Like, all these other players are shining. It's like, is it us? Like, we don't know how to develop players. Our system is rotten. Like, I just, I don't know what are we going to do. I'm, I'm, I'm just shocked. Like, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, obviously Preston is having an excellent year, and um, that's why Green Bay signed him in free agency. I think that uh, the Skins wanted him back. He just got more money someplace else. Uh, same thing uh, with Breland and, and so on and so forth. So it's a reason why they drafted Preston, and Preston at times was a dominant player. Um, Preston's kind of coming into his own this year. Um, at times he was dominant against really, you know, he would have those games where he had three yeah, or four three sacks, sacks yeah. and then he would go quiet. He was always a guy that made plays. Um, but now he's in the prime uh, of his career, and I don't necessarily think it's about developing because I can remember Brashad Breeland against the Jets in 2015, you know, three interceptions in the first half and, and tripping the ball, so on and so forth. So those players have those moments. And the defense um, struggled the second half of Philadelphia. And uh, but the last couple of weeks it's actually played better. And with Landon Collins, obviously the talent is there and the production is there. But th- that's a, a young secondary in the sense of 
You know, Dunny's missed some time. You know, you got Norman that's been over there. Monte's back. The communication is the key. The, the, the breakdowns of not having a safety over the top or guys running free, those are all communication things. And if you don't know what to do, you won't be able to do anything right. And so the defense is coming together slowly but surely. But when you talk about the defense, the whole – Linebacker crew is different. The inside linebackers, Mason Foster's gone. Yeah, Will Compton. Well, Will Compton has been gone, but Zach Brown's gone. Z- Zach yeah. Brown is gone. So you got new guys calling the defense. You got guys trying to jail together. It's not just like, hey, we got X, Y, and Z on paper. So you're going to go out there and be a dominant defense. You lost the quarterback in your defense. Now, granted, you probably got some more upside as far as size and speed and, and coverability. But that was a guy that was able to get you in and out of the right checks. That was a guy that understood what Minuski was thinking, so on and so forth. So this defense made some adjustments too, and so you got to give them a little bit of time to grow. And just because they were dominating the offense in camp, well, that was camp. Yeah, That doesn't mean anything. And just because that's what we expected, it doesn't mean anything. But I do believe, we're being honest, the defense the last couple of weeks have done enough to, to, to for us to win football games. Uh, today's Redskins-Patriots game on Team 980 and 95.9 FM is presented by New Look Home Design. Get a new roof installed before winter and pay nothing for one year. Learn more at newlookhomedesign.com. That's new, spelled N-U. Uh, thanks to them today for uh, their coverage. All right, uh, Scott Jackson and Kendra Golston here on Redskin Final. Let's get to uh, Cliff next. Cliff, thanks for waiting. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Scott, thank you. I think you're a good commentator. I'd like to hear you. Thanks, pal. I just can you explain to me how you got two coaches to leave and they win it? I I can't understand, you know. And we let both of them go. Which two are you talking about? Matt Lafleur, go out there, tear Cowboys up today. Yeah, Matt Lafleur's had a good start, but remember, I mean, he left here. He was part of the <laughs> Shanahan's. I mean, he was never he was never yeah. the Raider. I mean, I, I look you 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 want to talk about Sean McVay who actually did something as a coordinator here? That's fine. I mean, but. You know, people that bring up Kyle, too, is kind of silly. I mean, again, his dad burned the house down when he left. His kid wasn't going to get a job here. I mean, let's be real. I mean, let's all, you got to have, like, a little context for all this stuff. And I get it. It's like every former Redskin you see that does well. I mean, people come here from other organizations and do well. I mean, that's part of the business sometimes, too. You have to go other places to grow, right? Even as a player, you, Kendrick, you see this with guys maybe you play with that weren't maybe as good somewhere else or weren't the right fit, but then they come with you guys play well. And vice, it, it works that way. Flowers is a perfect example. Yeah. The New York Giants are yeah. watching Flowers saying, hey, man, he never did any of this for us. Well, maybe we should have played him a guard, and, huh? Yeah. And people, yeah. people want to talk about the coaches that are yeah. gone. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, and we mm-hmm. realize that Coach Shanahan actually put together a great offensive staff of young, talented minds. But I can remember it being on those teams where, oh, he just hired, he's just hiring his college drinking sure. buddies. No, what he did is he had a lot of young, uh, talented, offensive-minded people that 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 has now shown to proven to go on. And, and Kyle Shanahan has um, coordinated Super Bowl offenses. Obviously, Sean McVay was in here under the staff, and now right, uh, right. Matt Lafleur. So I think mm-hmm. that sometimes you got to kind of know what you got and and not yeah. complain about it and understand that you know those teams was putting was moving the ball with. Donovan McNabb on the mm-hmm. on the on the downside with Rex Grossman was putting up four thousand yard seasons and John Beck yeah. and so on and so forth. But there's nothing we can do about that now because like you said, those guys have been gone and we got the next up and coming. Like I said earlier in the show and Jay Gruden because everybody was, hey, he developed Andy Dalton, which Andy really hasn't been the same since he left. You know what I mean? And he had AJ Green and so on and so forth. So 
it kind of just That's goes true. back to saying, hey, you know what? In order for a coach to do what you ask him to do, you gotta you gotta kind of give him the decision making. You know what I mean? And 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 yep. sometimes like, hey, if he didn't want Adrian Peterson, then you know what? Adrian's a, a Hall of Famer. And if he's on the team, yeah. he needs to play. But if he didn't want him, then maybe you need to move on from him, even though he saved your season last year. But if you're gonna keep him around, you know what type of back he is, you know that you have to feed him, and you know what type of running style he likes. And yes, he has proven that, hey. If I'm on the team, you probably do need to make some accommodations to me, but maybe Jay understood that that's not how he wanted his offense to look, and that's not how he envisioned it. And whether you agree with it or not, that's why you that's what you hired him to do. Yeah, correct. All right. All right, buddy. Thanks to call, Cliff. Appreciate it. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, Bye. and I, I get it. When your team stinks, uh, you know, like they, this team has this year, you look at everybody who used to work here, and you're like, they're the solution. You know, even like, look, Preston Smith had a great start to the season. We've seen it. But Preston Smith drove you fans crazy. We got calls about Preston Smith <laughs> all the time. And people used to be mad at, at, at Sean when he was here about, oh, they're red zone all. But he's always had that potential with his length and his size and his speed that you just can't coach. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, hopefully Montez will get there. You know, um, Montez Sweat will hope he gets there as well. By the way, uh, update, Nationals 2 nothing as Juan Soto has gone yard in the bottom half of the first inning as the Nationals get that early lead for Anibal Sanchez. So that's good to see against Ryu. Ryu's good, too. He's been excellent this year. So they tag him early and see if they can carry this through the night. All right, um, coming up, if you're on the line, hang in. We'll get a few more calls, then we're going to call tonight. Uh, it is Redskins final. Scott Jackson, Kedrick Golston here with you on the Team 980, Team 980 app and 95.9 FM. Ready for the shotgun, takes a snap, looking, left corner of the end zone, intercepted! It's intercepted by Monte Nicholson, bad pass by Brady. Put it up looking for the running back, and Monte Nicholson was all over that one. This is Redskins Final on the Team 98. Here's your host, Scott Jackson. All right, Kedja Golston's with us tonight uh, here on the Team 980 and the Team 980 up at 95.8. 9 FM, and we are presented by New Look Home Design. Check out New Look Home Design's winter roofing sale. Don't roll the winter dice. Protect your home now before the snow heads. Visit newlookhomedesign.com today. That's new spelled N-U. All right, let's get Winston in. Then we're going to sign off here in a few minutes. Uh, Nats up 2 nothing on the Dodgers as they are now in the top half of the first inning. Uh, we're still waiting for Sunday Night Football to get started. Dallas lost today. I know that's probably upsetting to a lot of our listeners out there, but they did lose to the Packers. All right, Winston, go ahead, man. Uh, you are up here on Redskins Final. How you doing? Thank you. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey. hey how you doing? Uh, calling from Atlanta. Uh, lived in Washington for so many years. Uh, well, I grew up in Washington, D.C. I remember when the Redskins people used to hate on them because they couldn't win a thing. My father bought me a uniform, Redskins uniform. I threw the thing in the trash and kept the, uh, painted the helmet and kept the uh, – and dyed the uniform. And it looks like they've gone back to this old style again. I'm just plain losing. Now, the problem that they had back there then was the culture. And this is what they're having now. When a coach come on and tell you, the first thing come out of his mouth is tell you how many people that got hurt, who got injured, and all that. That's just an excuse for losing. And that's what I see uh, with Gruden. He's making one excuse after the other. A coach's job is to develop his player, and then he can hold them accountable. One of the greatest coaches that I hear out there, Joe Gibbs, the big tuna, 
You go up there in Boston, you hear him. Oh, my God, Andy Reid. All of them tell you that they develop their players' strength and hide their weaknesses. I don't see this with this team. I don't see it with this coach. They want them to fit their scheme, and if they don't fit their scheme, they get rid of them. That's what I see. Or they don't like them, don't play them. I mean, it's just a pattern right after the other. I mean, that's all I got to say about it. They they just have to get rid of this coaching staff, especially this head coach. All right, Winston, thanks for the call, buddy. Well, as he said, if his key card still works tomorrow, he's going to still be coaching the team. I don't, I don't look, nothing's gone down, so to speak. Who knows? Uh, it is, it, it, you know, in-season coaching changes, while they may, you know, placate and feel good at the moment, don't necessarily turn in results. But I guess if you had somebody on your staff, you thought, hey, I'd like to see what they would look like in this role. This might be kind of a way to do it and to get a head start on, you know, the coaching market. You know, it's a little bit more honest, I guess, than the coaches who keep, you know, the teams that keep their coaches around and their staff and everybody knows they're lame duck. And meanwhile, they're putting out feelers to agents and all this <laughs> other stuff behind the scenes and those things eventually come out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, and, and honestly, if, if you're in that building, do you want that job? Knowing the situation that you're in, knowing kind of the back office yeah. stuff and saying, hey, like some of the coaches might want to stay around and get hired by the next staff. And so do sure. you want to be the guy that, that, that the owner says, hey, I want you to take this over for a certain weeks. But I think as far as um, Coach Gruden going over the injuries, he might just be telling the media who got injured in the mm-hmm. game, if guys. And so just giving like a, a status update, not necessarily making it. Well, I think he's talking about, I think it was last week and it was kind of weird, right? He did say, well, we don't have Trent. Yeah, we don't, you know, I, that, I thought yeah, that was yeah. odd. And, and he had another moment. Look, there's a lot of yeah, frustration with yeah. him right now. Right. Yeah. Um, he had to go back this week and wanted to make it clear, you know, with Dwayne that he isn't holding grudges against him or anything and said, you know, he didn't, he didn't have anything against him. And then, uh, there was this thing one day. He goes, look, no matter what we do, a quarterback is going to be wrong. So what's the difference? You know, kind of like this which, defeatist kind of thing. Which he said, is hundred percent well, correct. It is true because, yeah. because I just wouldn't say it in front of a microphone, it, probably, it, if I was the head coach. But I feel as though that like the outside has created this thing where, listen, very rarely when you draft a player, is there a, 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 an anonymous? I mean, a hundred percent an agreement on who sure. you're going to draft. So that's just that just happens. So once you pick a player, you move forward with him. Um, so it coming out, Jay didn't like him. Well, maybe he maybe he did like somebody mm-hmm. else, but he does have them. It's still his job and his responsibility right. to develop him. But that being said, Jay's ultimately responsible for winning football games at this point because he's on the last – you know, he doesn't have a contract extension. He has to win now. Now, he hasn't done that, but it, it, nobody in their right mind would sit up there and say that anybody, Jay, us, said that the Redskins would be 0-5 right now. Right. So nobody planned for this. We're here now. So to me, I would like to see Bruce or 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 or, or Mr. Snyder come out and say, "Hey, Jay's our guy, or he isn't our guy." Let's say something so at least the players know that. Nah, nah. Coach Gruden is our coach. We're gonna ride it with him, and 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 everybody else better fall in line. All right. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, that's the thing, and that, and that's been one of the tough things: the the, the lack of communication to the public. From the front office, I heard Arthur Blank tonight say, hey, I'm disappointed, but I'm still behind, uh, you know, Dan Quinn. 
Now, granted, they went to a Super Bowl a few seasons ago. It's a little different situation, but still, it was at least something. Whereas, you know, here it has been radio silence. So this is where all the speculation, the swirling and the finger pointing and the, hey, did they leak this? Did they leak that kind of stuff comes out? Hey, once again, on the way out, I want to thank Mama Lucia's in Silver Spring for delicious pizza and pastas he delivered to the game day crew. Six locations in Maryland. Uh, Mama Lucia, perfect answer for today's tailgate at home. And don't forget, Monday's pasta night. Tuesday is pizza night at Mama's. Visit MamaLuciaRestaurants.com. Kedrick, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you coming in. It was a lot of fun. Anytime, Scott. Thank you. All right, we'll probably do it again. All right, uh, thanks to Jeff Walker behind the glass. Thanks to all you who uh, tuned in and listened. Go Nats. Hope they can hang on 2-0. They have headed to the bottom of the second now, so good start for uh, Annabelle Sanchez. A little run support at a really good second inning. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. I'll be sitting in with the Brian Mitchell Show from 1-4 to here on the Team 980 and uh, 95.9 FM. Everybody have a good night. See you.